Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries, also known as the Word Church. As we were looking yesterday at John chapter 14 and beginning at verse 15, Jesus promises them the coming of the Holy Spirit. And one of the most interesting things about it is not only is the Holy Spirit going to come, not only is he going to come to the world, but that he is actually going to be in you, he tells them. The Holy Spirit is alive in us. And as we talked yesterday about what sets the church apart from the Elks Lodge, what sets the church apart from the Eagles, what what sets the church apart from Kiwanis or any other... Your fraternity or yeah, your sorority. Or fraternal group or of any kind. What What sets the church apart? What makes the church different than all those groups? And what makes the church different than all those groups is the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit in each believer, the Holy Spirit in the church, is what makes the church different. And remember, when we say the church, we're not speaking of the building. We're speaking of the body of Christ, the in saints. each person. Yes, yes. And Jesus said, he says, he called them first, in one verse, the spirit of truth. He said he's going to come and live inside of you forever. That means... Greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. And as you just referenced, Richard, the scripture in John 14, 26, he says, but the helper. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as, as your helper. Everybody needs a helper. I know I need a helper. He says, the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Uh-oh, that's that name that's above every name. That's that name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. That's also that, that name that people are ashamed to use. In some settings, we just talked about that earlier, how you can go to some meetings and they don't want you to new, use that name of Jesus. That well, name, I think the Ninth Circuit Court in California <laughs> said you can't use the name of Jesus well, in a community meeting. If you're at a city council, you can't, you know, you can't. Name well, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. But anyway, let's keep on moving on. He says, in my name, he, that Holy Spirit, that helper will teach you all things, not some things. He's going to teach you everything you need to know about that, that pertains to life and godliness. Everything you need to know, He's the, that's what a helper does. When I can't do nothing, I'm going to call my helper, my assistant. He say, he teach you all things. Look, and he's going to also bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And I was just saying that. That's what God's going to bring to your remembrance, the words, the word of God. He's going to always, that's why he says, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. The Holy Spirit brought that to my remembrance. So therefore, when I'm out and about, because the Holy Spirit is going to bring all things to my remembrance, he's going to bring to my remembrance, don't be ashamed of me. And Paul made a bold declaration. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, who is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. Believe what? Believe on the name of Jesus Christ. 
So first of all, I like to tell people, you have to not be ashamed of the gospel, which includes the Holy Spirit, and you have to talk about it. you got to verbalize it. You can't go around and say, oh, I'm not going to. And again, teaching on the Holy Spirit is elementary. It's, it's basic teachings. And some churches don't even teach on the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And that's your power source. Again, like you said, Richard, without the Holy Spirit, we're just another organization. Right. We're just another fraternal group that meets on Sundays instead of another day of the week. We meet in that church building over there rather than an Elks Lodge or an Eagles Lodge or some other lodge. And and as you read that scripture, he says, and he will teach you all things. God gives us wisdom. And one of the things that the people said at the disciples, they said, these guys aren't learned men. These guys are just fishermen. How do they know all this stuff? And it was through the power of the Holy Spirit. That these guys aren't the PhDs. Right. You don't have to go to school forever for the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. The Amen. Holy Spirit gives wisdom to people. But I also like, and I think that sometimes people, well, he'll just teach me spiritual things. I believe the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, as he just said. And every aspect of our life, I I heard somebody years ago say that you'll be going to a job interview and the Holy Spirit will say to you, wear that red shirt or wear that blue shirt. And you'll get to the interview and find out that red or blue was the interviewer's favorite color and you have a leg up. And that the Holy Spirit can teach us and reveal things to us that will affect our everyday life. And I really believe that. Now, I know there are people, and I've talked to them. I've actually had conversations on with on the radio with people who say, God's not interested in our everyday life. God, God doesn't care what happens to you at work. God doesn't care what happens. God, God's cares about the big picture. God cares about whether you're going to heaven or not, but he doesn't care about your everyday life. And to me, that is just unbelievable to think as a Christian that God doesn't care about our everyday life. Well, I got two examples, as you were saying that, that came to mind. One was a pastor friend of mine, Dr. Bill Winston. He tells a story about this Christian surgeon. How He gave his testimony how God gave him the wisdom to make the right incisions and to perform that surgical procedure with precision. He drew from the Holy Spirit for the wisdom to do his job. And God directed his hands or directed that scalpel in his hands to make the right incision. And I'm also reminded of a George Washington Carver. He, the one, he's the one that God gave the wisdom of all the uses of the peanut. And I have this, it's in my other Bible this little uh, write-up on George Washington where he went to Congress because they wanted to honor him and ask him, how did you come up with all these ways to use the peanut? And he said, well, the Holy Spirit told me. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, God told me through his Nowadays, Holy Spirit. They would throw him out of yeah, the chamber. Yeah. But he, when he told them that, and they, they, they had to acknowledge the, the works, they seen the evidence. So he was only supposed to speak for X amount of minutes. But once he started, they let him speak for a couple hours on the wisdom of God. And he said, he accredited to the Holy Spirit. He gave me the wisdom. Remember? He will teach you all things. He's going to teach you how to break this peanut down and show you what all the benefits you can get out of this peanut. And if you know anything about George Washington Carver and and the things he created through the peanut, then you know God is the one. The scripture says Jesus has made unto us wisdom. 
well, righteousness, know, sanctification, we, and redemption. We talk about faith on fire, and we talk about helping people ignite their faith on fire. I think one of the keys to that is to have people come to realize that God cares about every aspect of their life. If I don't really believe that God cares about what happens to me at work, I'm never going to pray before I go to work because I'm on my own. I've got to figure it out for myself. I've got to lean on my own wisdom, my own understanding, and my own experience on the job. I can't, if I don't believe that God has anything to say about it, if I don't believe that God cares who I'm married to, well, I'm not going to pray and ask God to help me find the right woman or the right man. I'm going to just step out on my own and see how it works out and hope for the best. This is one of the reasons why so many Christians aren't living by faith because they think they have to do it themselves, that, that God doesn't care about those things, that the Holy Spirit doesn't care about those things. And mm-hmm. they have to come to understand that the Holy Spirit cares about every aspect of our life. Amen. And Proverbs 3, 5 says this. And this, again, we got we to rely on the Word of God for instruction. But Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. He didn't say some of it. All your heart. All your being. And lean not to your own understanding. That's an unrenewed mind. He says, but in all your ways. Not some of your ways, Richard. But all your ways do what? Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in your marriage. In your job selection. Acknowledge him as the source. As your ultimate source. Acknowledge him in all your ways. In the scriptures. Here's the promise. And he will direct your path. That's the word of God. So he said, now, this is the instruction. So now you follow it to the T. Just acknowledge me. And and I do that more and more now because my faith is on fire. When I walk out my door, as I'm going out the door, coming out inside, locking it, I say, thank you, Lord, that I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. Oh, his, his word says, let the redeem of the Lord say so. He Amen. said this. So I say that. Thank you that I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. And you know I live in the mountains now. So I'm blessed in the city of Chico. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm the head and not the tail. You have to, that's another way of acknowledging him. Because he said that about you. And so since he said that about you, I agree with that. And my faith is now in line with the will of God. So you have to declare some things and you have to go ahead and acknowledge God. And there's a lot of ways you can acknowledge him like you just said. Acknowledge them in your business. God, your word says in Deuteronomy 8.18, I shall remember you, for it is you who gives me power, the ability, the creativity, the wisdom, the witty ideals to get wealth. But see, so many Christian people don't understand that God cares about every aspect. That's one of the things that I teach a lot. That's one of the things that I want to really hammer home today is that God does care about every aspect. of your. If you are a believer, God cares about what happens to you at work. He cares about you when you're in your car driving to work. He cares about you and cares what is happening to you every minute, every second of every day. And we've got to somehow convince people that that is the truth. That is God's word. And so I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to believe that God always has my best in mind, that God is always there, and he wants to lead me and guide me in every part of my life. Amen. And look what he tells us in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. That's me. I put my name in there. In the knowledge of the Lord, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So he said, I want some grace and peace 
to be multiplied to you. Grace is God's unmerited favor or is the power of God. And peace means shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. So he said, I want that to be multiplied to you, but it's only going to be multiplied to you as you increase in the knowledge of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Look at verse 3. He says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So he says, I'm going to give you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And I always tell people, what are some things that pertain to life? Well, my bills being paid, shelter, food, all these things pertain to life. And I know Jesus said he came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. But he says these things are going to be made available to you only through the knowledge of God. So he says, again, seek me. Come after me. I'm going to reveal some things to you. I'm going to show you how to make it when they said you're in a famine or the economy is low. Well, God said, I can still prosper you in a bad economy. Heaven's economy is not broke. <laughs> My wisdom is not short. Remember, the children of Israel in the wilderness, they was first they was hungry, God gave them manna. Then they, they bumped it up a little. They said, we want some bird wow. now. Well, basically, they said, <laughs> we're sick of this bread. Right. We want some meat. But then Moses... <laughs> Kind of, the Bible said Moses despised the Lord or belittled him because Moses said, well, how are you going to feed all these people some meat? Are you going to sacrifice all the birds in the world? And God's like, his reply was, is anything too hard for God? Anything too hard for me? If I created this universe and everything in it, I'm pretty sure I can feed you cats. <laughs> and he did that. He fed them. Remember, he said, you're going to have bird till they come out your ears. Yeah, they got sick of quail pretty quick. <laughs> right. So, you know, we got to always bring those things to our remembrance. Remember, he said, Holy Spirit, over bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. Well, he said that to the children of Israel, which is his children. We're his children. So if he did it for them, why wouldn't he do it for you? I thought he was no respected person. Well, see, and then that's one of the great things, too, is that we, we're, we're a lot more like the Israelites than we like to admit. Because here's the Israelites. <laughs> they're in Israel. They're in bondage. God commit or performs miracle after miracle. Finally, not only do the Egyptians want to see him gone, the Egyptians give them their stuff. They didn't leave poor beggars. Right. The Egyptians gave them things. They gave them riches. And so as they leave now, they, one day they're slaves. The next day they leave. The millionaires. <laughs> and they're on their way, and it's all God. Clearly, God has performed all these miracles, that God has brought all these plagues, and they surely know it. And what happens? Not only a few days out, now they're up against the Red Sea, and now here comes Pharaoh, and their response is, weren't there enough graves in Egypt that you had to bring us out here to die? Oh, woe is me, it's all over. And they had forgotten all that God had done. Then what happens? He brings them through the Red Sea, he parts the Red Sea, and it's only a few days later that they're complaining because they don't have enough to eat. And we say, man, that's just terrible. Those Israelites, they had no faith. Man, God did all these miracles, miracle after miracle. God took care of them day after day, and they still would not believe in him. And so when we hear that and we think to ourselves, boy, they're so ungrateful. I cannot believe that they would do that. And then we think, how many times in our life have we done that? How many times have you seen a Christian do that? How many times maybe... Has have you done it where God has just taken care of you your whole life? God has watched out for you, done everything for you, taken care of your finances, taken care of your health, done all these things, and then uh, something happens and you're, wow, this is, 
I wonder I, I, I gotta worry about this. I don't know that it can that it can be taken care of. And it's like we forgot all the times before the things that God had done. God has been watching out for each and every one of us all of our life. And sometimes it's almost as if we forget that, that, oh, this problem might be too big. This might be the one that's too big for God to handle. Well, the scripture says in in Psalms 105, forget not all his benefits. And again, here's one benefit you shouldn't ever forget. Back to verse 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Well, I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking about the children of Israel. They didn't have what we have today. The scripture says that through Jesus, we have a better covenant with better promises. Jesus promised one thing at his ascension, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, the spirit of truth will come and live inside of us forever. They didn't have that. So they could forget. They had a compensity to forget some things. But we, because we have the Holy Spirit, he says in his word, he will bring all things to our remembrance. Well, he should be bringing all those precious promises that God's given us through his word to our remembrance. Now, he's going to do that. The only way you're going to remember what God said if you study what God said. And he says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But he also says, study to show yourself approved, a workman who need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. You got to study the word of God to find out what your promises are. And the promises are always in the will. If somebody die, they leave what's called a last will and testament. Well, Jesus died, buried, but resurrected. Now he sits at the right hand of the father. He left us what's called the new Testament. We can lay hold to the promises in the old Testament, old will and testament, but we can really hold the new Testament is better with better promises. I'll take both of them, but I'm going to rely more on the new Testament because it gives me the right to receive the Holy spirit in the old Testament. When nobody filled with the Holy spirit, because Jesus hadn't died, hadn't even showed up, been birthed into the earth. He didn't die. He didn't get buried and he didn't resurrect it. That came for us. So I'm glad we're born for such a time as this and to, to receive all that uh, Jesus came to give us. So you need the Holy Spirit. Scripture says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, and that's power to, to live life and life more abundantly, to, to allow God to re- reveal things to you through his word. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He unravels the word of God and gives you what's called revelation or understanding. That's what the Holy Spirit, he teaches you. He's the teacher. He's the tutor. So as you're studying the word of God or feeding on the word of God, the Holy Spirit's job is to give you understanding. And if you never acknowledge the Holy Spirit, the greater one that lives in you, he ain't going to really acknowledge you. Well, what will happen is you're just going to try and live your life on your own strength. You're going to try and live on your own wisdom, on your own power. And we can never live a life that's pleasing to God. We can never live the life that God wants us to live if we're trying to live it on our own strength, if we're trying to live it on our own wisdom. We only have so much wisdom. There are people that are wiser than others, but we only have so much. The the wisdom that God wants us to have comes from him. It comes from the Holy Spirit. So if we deny the Holy Spirit, we are missing out on all the wisdom that God wants to give to us. And why would I want to live a life where I deny wisdom that God wants to give to me? Why do I want to try and do it on my own when God says, hey, I'll give you all you need. I'll give you everything that you need to have. And I say, well, you know, I don't really want to do that. 
It'd be like a person who got a big inheritance said, you know what, I really don't want, I don't want any of that. I, I just want to kind of try and do it on my own. We have got to, to realize God says, I'm, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you wisdom beyond your own. I'm going to give you strength beyond your own, power beyond your own, everything that you need. And we need to accept it. We don't want to be those people that say, well, you know what, I'd rather, I'd just try it on my own. Well, that's what the scripture means when he tells us to walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I believe that means be led by the Holy Spirit, be led by the word of God. So he says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It also says, he says over in, I believe, Romans and Corinthians, that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That means if you're allowing your flesh, an unrenewed mind, your senses to lead and dictate your actions and attitudes, you're not pleasing to God. That's why he tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And that we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, faith is walking by the word of God. And the Holy Spirit bears truth to the word of God. They all go hand in hand. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Or the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we got to learn about who we are in Christ. When we get born again, it's time Born again actually means what it means. You are born again. You are a new creation. Your spirit has come to life. You got to start relearning some stuff. You got to now be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you got to renew your mind to the word of God. If God said it, that's it. Go ahead and accept it. Meditate on it. Allow it to grow up in you and change your image from and the it, inside out. And it doesn't matter if your whole life you believed one way. If God says it's the opposite, you need to change your mind. Right. Maybe maybe your family always believed a certain thing, and now it's time to change your mind. Maybe your family always kind of taught you, you know what, you got to stand up for yourself. You, you've got to fight back. You've got to um, be tough. And yet God says turn the other cheek. Here's another one. Well, this disease always ran in our family. Well, you're in a new family now. You're in the family of God, and if you be Christ, you're a new creation. Oh, or you hear, my dad always had a bad temper, and I got a bad temper, I and that's just that. the way it is in our family. No, no, you're in a new family. You're in the family of God, You ha- and you have when you're in the family of God, you get a new spirit, a new nature. You don't get a new mind, but you got to renew that mind by the word of God. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Anything that the curse that Adam and Eve brought into mankind, Christ redeemed us from it. He he destroyed the works of the devil. So now you can actually walk in newness of life. It's like we said the other day, it's all about choice. Life is choice driven. And whatever you focus on the most, that's the direction you're going to head in. If you focus on that old nature, you'll stay that in that direction. Children of Israel was trying to do that. That's why they stayed in the wilderness all the time. But if you focus on who God says you are, what he says you have, what they could do. If you constantly set your mind on that the Bible says, set your mind on things above. If you set your mind on that, you will flow in that direction. That's why he said, think on these things. He didn't say, think on whatever bad, <laughs> a bad report, the news report. No, he said, whatever things are good, a lovely, of a good report, a praiseworthy. Pure, pure, true. Yeah. All those Because so, he knows you're going to always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. That's why he said, I have not seen, even heard, or entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared. He wants you to start imagining stuff out of his word. He took Abraham outside, and he said, Abraham ain't had no, no kid. He was about 100, him and his wife, Sarah. The Spirit of the Lord took him outside and said, it was at night. He said, look up in the sky and count the stars and see if you can number them. And Abraham said, it's too many. I can't count them all. That's how many kids you're going to have. 
he had to give Abraham a vision. He said, and he, he told this guy that he had no kid. He was barren and his wife was barren. No Viagra, none of that. But yet he told him, you're going to be a father of many nations. A father of many nations. Abraham just agreed with him and said, okay. Yeah, that's who I am. He said, now your name ain't Abram no more. It's Abraham. And the scripture says in Galatians, if you be Christ, meaning in Christ, if you're born again, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's good news. We're Abraham's kids. We're part of Abraham's family now because God promised him that he was going to be the father of many nations. Well, is the United States a nation? Are there Christians in this nation? Well, Abraham is our spiritual father, too. See, That's and, good preaching. And, and, and there you go. And he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. See, that's He didn't lead to this either, his own understanding. We believe God and it's credited to us as righteousness. We, we don't lean on our own understanding. I, I've, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show. Abraham didn't say, well, you know, God, um, can you tell me where I'm going to live exactly? Can you tell me what street I'm going to be on? Can you tell me what I'm going to do for a job? when I Can you tell me everything that I'm going to need to know? No, God said go, and he went. We oftentimes today in America want to know everything that's going to happen. We want to know exactly how everything's going to. Well, you know what I heard it said. I heard it said once: the devil is in the details. We want to know all the details. Well, when you're dealing with God, you don't need to know all the details. You one step at a time. We walk by faith, not by sight. He says, "Go here," and we go. And then when we get there, guess what? He tells us what next. You know the story of the guy that God told him to go to India. Started out in New Jersey. God told him to go to India and do some missionary work. He told him, just go down to the JFK to the airport. He goes to the airport. He didn't have no money for no ticket. And God tells him to go up to the ticket counter. He go up to the ticket counter with no money. As he's standing in line, God said, remember, step by step, God said, go to the bathroom. He goes to the bathroom. He says, go into the stall. He follows the Holy Spirit. He goes into the stall. And then God says, walk out of the stall. He walks out of the stall. Guess where he at? He's in India. <laughs> That's what got, but he followed instructions. Remember? Now, there are people listening going, oh, that could be no no way. He's the God of the impossible. That's what he does. Remember, is anything too hard for God? That's got to be our mindset, our new belief. Nothing is impossible with God. Tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, I got to tell you a story about this guy from Mexico that actually showed up at, at the church one day. And uh, that'll be a little tease for everybody for tomorrow. But it was one of the most incredible faith stories that I've ever heard. The guy just had so much faith that God would do what he was supposed to do or what he had called him to do that um, I, I got to share it tomorrow with everybody. Well, this is going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. And I must say, Richard, this segment has really ignited my faith on fire. I love Amen. talking about the promises and the word of God. It ignites one on faith on fire. And again, if this broadcast has been a blessing to you, why don't you just consider financially sowing a seed into it to keep us on the air? And uh, again, like the scripture says, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire. P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.